Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, good morning. Welcome in. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN 608. Is that temperature right? Is that is that a four and a six on my screen? 46 degrees right now in the capital city. You know what I did? First thing I did when I left from work today, uh, after I got out of the shower, got dressed, everything like that, uh, the ceiling fan, which has basically been running in our bedroom for the better part of five months, four months, I left and I'm like, I'm afraid my wife and the dog are going to get cold, so look at me. <laughs> click click that thing off, and it's amazing. But I did not realize we were talking 46 degrees this morning. Holy cow. Uh, anyway, nonetheless, despite my own astonishment that we have a seasonally cool temperature today. <laughs> by the way, by the way, the poll of the week at KLIN.com. Yes. Is it cool enough outside for you to make chili oh. yet? Oh, I ho- do we have some early returns on that? Got a 50-50 split right now. Yeah, you guys are weird. It's definitely not. Are you? Come you on. Are, it's it's going to be enough. 78 today. It's 78 fine. is like beach weather. If you're going to it, if it's March and you're going to a town for spring break and it says there's going to be a high of 78, you're wearing your swimsuit all day. It's 30 That's, degrees cooler than it was two weeks ago. I'm still saying you are way too high for that. <laughs> oh, and by the way. I see they did replace all the rest of the 70s after today with 80s going forward. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Goodness sakes, Monday we're going to be back up to 86. Wednesday, 88. So the 70s are over. Back to summer, everyone. Back to enjoy it while you can right now. Anyhow, that's what we've got temperature-wise. Uh, we will be back into the high 70s later today. I was a little surprised there but that it was... That it was that cool outside. Got a good show for you today. It is a Tuesday morning. Uh, that does mean Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is on the docket to talk with us about Nebraska news and politics. We'll, uh not sure exactly what we'll get into with Joe. I know I always bring this up with him, with Joe, and that is that if we're, we should start getting guys, we should start getting... Senate candidates pretty soon, I would think. It, it's it's about that time for that to actually happen. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the probably the, the biggest question about the Senate races, which is whether or not Charles Herbster gets in there and challenges Pete Ricketts and sets up a grudge match there in that primary. But, again, uh, assuming you're going to have Democrats in this race that are going to be running for one of two Senate seats that are going on right now. I don't know. We we that sort of calmed down, but my goodness, it's not that far. It's not that we're going to be into the primary in what May of 2024 for this thing where you actually vote on it. Time to start raising some money, get out there and and doing all those things as well. So we'll get into that with him um, and some other things going on right now so we've got that uh also on the show today we're going to talk to the folks 
who are behind Ignite Lincoln, a cool event coming up uh, a little bit later this month. So we'll hear from them. And we're going to have John Baylor. He's going to be back joining us with us, joining us, I should say, today at 835. I talked to John a little bit yesterday. He is out in, well, he landed in, uh, where would it be? Uh, they're, in, they're going to Palo Alto. I'm not sure what the airport, where they land in. San Jose, is that up there? Probably San Jose, maybe, uh, where they landed on the way to Palo Alto. His alma mater, actually, mm-hmm. the University of Stanford. And uh, they'll be taking on the Cardinal Will Nebraska Volleyball. Fun top five matchup. Tonight. 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 I was going to say tomorrow night. That's tonight, though. Tonight. Rare Tuesday night game for 7 o'clock pregame, 8 o'clock first serve. It does make sense why he's all the way out there, then. When when he gets to the end of the game and says, call the grandkids, maybe don't, because it might be be close to 1030. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into uh, what's making news this morning. Uh, Mark Vale. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Greetings, salutations, Good. and howdy. What are we? Uh, what are we working on here this morning? Oh, uh, you know the typical stuff uh, coming off the weekend. Uh, nothing too serious. We uh, talked about the uh, fatal motorcycle crash yesterday. Nothing new on that. Still have not identified that victim. Um, some shots fired over the weekend around a park, and we've got details on that. I guess probably I would think one of the bigger things of more importance for some people is that eastbound normal is going to close beginning uh, today. What? Between 53rd and 56th. What? Until next week. What? Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I've got. So <laughs> That, that, is, that is going to be a disaster, Mark. It's, it's just eastbound. But, I don't care. But yeah, that's Have you be... been there at 4.45 p.m. on yes. a weekday? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. I know you have. Holy cow. And I've been there at 10.30 in the morning and at 1 in the afternoon. Man, that thing will... Ba- I, I'm usually going the other way on normal during that time because I'm bringing my daughter somewhere. Right. Uh, and I just look at the cars lined up going eastbound at 56th waiting. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, that's going to jam up southbound 48th to either Van Dorn or yep. down to Calvert or maybe even Pioneers. Yeah. I guess you're taking. Yeah. Or, you're what? You're jumping on south or you're going all the way over to Pioneers probably. Yeah, or else uh, you take something else, you know, cut across on A over to 56th, something like that. But that, that's not going to be <laughs> that's not going to be a convenient one for a few days. Oh, man, I have uh, I, I I again the I really I really need to appreciate my commute in the morning when I go here when there's very little traffic on the streets because I was again found myself like I often do at some place I had to be. Uh, it was, in this case, a music lesson my daughter had on Monday night, and I had to be there at four, and it was w- way in, uh, it was way kind of in the area of like 14th and Old Cheney, kind of, out there. Oh, yeah. Making my way down there at that time of day, it was, I mean, I'm telling you, I can find a way to hit every red light when I do that. Every single one, even the weird ones. You know, like there's a random crosswalk out there or something. Every single one. And that can be, uh, that legitimately can be, from where I live more in East Lincoln over there, that can be a, I'm not exaggerating, like a 20, 25-minute trip in some cases. I had to go pick up a computer late yesterday afternoon south of 14th and Pine Lake. Okay. And to get from, you know, basically 95th and Pine Lake over there, that's a 20, 25-minute, and it's about 
three and a half days if there's a train. And you don't, yeah, and you don't even have to turn right or left. You can just go straight, straight yep. to the west in that situation. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I, I don't always. But. Yeah, I'm glad you told me that. I often am. I often am tempted to. I still do this thing when I go to work and back from work. I don't know what it is. I still don't always take the same route. Is that weird? Do other people do that? Yeah, like I if do. you're even if you're driving at the same time of day. I still don't know that I trust after making this drive for, I guess I haven't lived in this house the entire time I've worked here, but for 13, 14 years of it, I still don't trust that I found the best route from my house house to work. And so I'll take different times uh, very frequently. Or there are times I just like don't like to deal with 48th and normal or really just 40, South 48th Street at all. And I'll just go all the way down to O Street and just take O Street all the way up. I know it's longer, but for some reason, it's a more pleasant drive to me. Just the scenery of O Street. I have no idea why. It's a weird thing to do. Except getting onto O Street at 44th Street is a real challenge. That's also true. That That's also true. That's another. I just hope I have a green light. I just hope I have a green light is basically well, how I And do that, that green light's about, what, a car yeah. and a half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's one of the few yeah. times that I definitely, if it goes green... And I blink, and they haven't moved. That I will allow the horn to go Ooh, ahead. You'll, you'll, you'll horn it up at I will. And I will horn it up over here. That's it. You really you also, feel like Caleb we need to reword to all. Horn of, it up. We need to reword all of what we are doing here. <laughs> the, other, the other thing that happens there is a lot of people blow that red light. Yeah. Oh, oh I wouldn't know anything about that personally, but I've heard about other people doing that. Five yes. o'clock in the morning. Yes. I will have green light. And guess what I am doing before I take oh, yeah. my foot off the brake? It is head on a swivel. Yep. Is there anyone look like they yeah. are flying down O Street? People actually, I would say people go through at at five fifteen, five thirty in the morning, wherever the whole right, probably four thirty to five thirty that we're talking about here. Actually, red light running is fairly rampant. I would say <laughs> it's about. Yeah. I don't know what I see more: foxes running through the street or people running red lights. It's about. It's, it's, it's like about one to is, one. Whose line is it anyway? It's <laughs> the red lights don't matter. Yeah, and yeah. and of course I'm a little earlier than you all, but the ones that always I get a chuckle out of her westbound on O Street as they're approaching Fifty uh, Sixth, and that's a no left turn. You know, you mm-hmm. have to. Nope, they just go. They ahead. still do. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. do it. They do it like a 1997 style. You yeah. used to be able to make a left turn there, but it was a long. I, time I see ago. that happen during the day. <laughs> it's not even in the morning. I, I'm curious. So that's, that'd be an interesting poll question too, uh, if we ever need another one. Do you take the same route to places that you drive to all the time, every single day? That you go there, whether it's to bring your kids to school or to go to work or to come home from work or any of those, or do you just mix it up for variety? I was gonna say, like, what? What do you mean? Like, why would I not drive the most direct route? Well, am well, I taking? Like, there's some, not. I yeah, mean, okay, I get it. You yours can is see a two block. You, no, no, no. I know, but you I was, can I was see trying your to, residence from here. I was trying to. I can see. I can see Russia from my front porch. <laughs> um, I was thinking about like other places in well, town that I. I go. mean, the direct route. There are there are arguably many direct routes. I mean. You're going. You go. That you could turn left here. You could turn left here. You could turn left here. I mean, you're still going. Right. It's just how soon do you start going east? Right. Mm-hmm. In that situation, for me, or Mark probably has probably has that too. Like, I just don't trust that I've picked the fastest route ever. So, like, and if so we I'll were to go to things. if we were to go to Shields from here, that type of thing. Right. Like it. Well, like, like to just to get across town. Right. Uh, there's yeah. There's twenty different ways you could do mm-hmm. that. 
Mm-hmm. You could you could go out here on on 48th and go that way and then decide and then go I guess all the way if you wanted to out to let's see 48th actually stops at some point no 48th old at Old Cheney and then you turn Cheney. right on Old Cheney 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 Cheney, Cheney. Uh, or or for instance Cheney. like I'm coming from the 70th and Van Dorn area to work I could either go down normal if when I'm coming from home to work or I can drive 70th to A go down A right I could go down south. I could go down all the way to O Street if I wanted to. Now, some of those are probably much slower, but I could do I, it's. I've done them all multiple times, and I have no idea why. It's an odd habit. So, one thing that I do try to avoid, though, are schools areas, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the afternoon. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And 40, if it's in the afternoon, yes. 48 down here by Leffler Middle School is just a mess. Yep. I agree on that one. Oh, uh, avoiding school areas around, say, 5 o'clock? My wife works at 70th and 8, guys. Oh, really? Well, they're cleared out there by, they should be cleared out there by 5 o'clock. You got some after-school activities, and and then people getting off work at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yes, well, I'm sure that intersection is plenty busy anyway, with school or without school. But She especially hates anyone who who takes advantage of, of off-campus lunch because that's her lunch time. Yeah, stay aw- oh. stay off the roads, kids. Hey, man, I hit that amigos up a whole <laughs> lot right there in about 1995 for old off-campus lunch. Mm, we had a rotation. We had a rotation. I remember that first year I got open campus lunch, and I was the I was the young I was old one of the older classmates, so I was always driving the clown car of kids to all these places to go have lunch, <laughs> and so it was pretty much a rotation. From old Lincoln East to 70th and A Amigos, Taco Inn on 70th, sometimes up to the Runza on 70th and Van Dorn. Otherwise, we'd go down, we'd get crazy sometimes. We'd go down to Greg's Drive In on uh, Cotner, right? We'd go over there, and then McDonald's on O Street. And sometimes Val's to Go, which is still there on in Meadow Lane. Oh, man. That was our, so- that was our solid rotation. You, you're bringing- Did you want to hear our rotation? What was that? Cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> We're from a small town. Not There's nowhere all to go. The, and guess what? Everything costs, every value meal at all those places costs two ninety nine. So you needed $3.18. So I brought $3.18 in cash every single day. And whenever I needed gas, you know what I brought, Mark? A $5, $5 bill. bill. Yep. $5 bill. Speaking of which... Anybody check the gas prices lately? Yeah. Yikes. What, I can get a gallon? Holy cow. Yeah, $5 bill. Well, again, close. I'm pretty sure that my gas station, the gas station that is most convenient for me is the most expensive one in the entire city, but I went there. They were over $4 yesterday. Yep. Come on. Back over $4. I don't think that's the norm because they're just jack it up because I go there a lot. I'm not sure why, but. Well, it's Kitty yeah. Corner from the hardware store. Yeah. What's uh? What's uh? Yeah, I don't. What did you pay? Did you get some recently? Do you know what? I what, I actually uh, filled up in Omaha because I needed fuel on Saturday. I had to go to Omaha. Thought, man, this is going to be a nice. You know, they're always cheaper. Uh uh-uh. uh Even in Omaha, like, even in that Omaha. tells you something. Three eighty three a gallon, according to AAA, is the average right now. That's up twenty eight cents from a week ago. So yeah, if you are seeing it higher, that is why. Oil prices going up. So there you go. So why did we cancel oil leases in Alaska? That's 
I I asked the uh, I asked the clerk at the desk of the gas station that same thing. I said, "What's the deal with this?" Also, I'll take a diet Mountain Dew. And then the clerk said to me, "We don't serve this to you. It's in the cooler over there. Just go walk and get it, like everyone else has for years." I said, "Okay, but I'll be waiting for that answer on the oil fields." Can I get a large number three uh, for two ninety nine? That'll be three dollars and eighteen cents, please. But since then, they've added the arena tax, so it's probably going to be three twenty-two. Uh, yeah, yeah. What did you do when I you showed know. up? And we didn't, like, have, we didn't have arena. We didn't have anything fun to do. We went to that asbestos-filled Pershing and had our all our events there. Had been paid for for fifty. Years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and believe it or not, it only had like it only had like twelve years of life left. And it was torn down last week. <laughs> By the way, how could they how could they move an entire volleyball court and keep it as springy and perfect as possible into Memorial Stadium? But you had a thousand dead spots on the court inside Pershing. You're dribbling with the ball, then suddenly it didn't come back up. To keep my value meals at three dollars and eighteen cents, that's why. <laughs> and they it, did it. By it God. worked. Six twenty five, we'll take a break. We got sports next on KLIN. Bringing you the news that shapes your world. The topics that matter to me. 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it's 637 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. It is time for Fantasy Huskers. The question this week is, when does Nebraska get its first touchdown of the game? So if you get the pick, you have to give us a quarter and a time remaining in that quarter as to when you think Nebraska will score its first touchdown. Now, it could be any kind of a touchdown. It could be an offensive touchdown, defensive touchdown, special teams touchdown. But we want to know the time in the game when Nebraska scores it against Northern Illinois on Saturday night. Now, to get that pick and be in the draft, uh, we want to select, we will select someone who texts us the keyword right now, and we'll do this again at 810. So if you don't do it now, you got another chance, 635, 810, every single morning. Today's keyword, Caleb, is Mac. Mac. The Mid American Conference. Oh, M- the 
Mac. All right. M A C. I was trying to think of what that was exactly. I, right. I, I see you just, decided to go. Can you use it in a yeah, sentence? Yeah, exactly. Can you use it? Can, can, you use it? can you tell me the country of origin? Please? Northern Illinois plays in the Mac. M A C. Okay. M A C <laughs> is Mac. Text that in. Uh, do we get? I didn't ever. I don't remember hearing our. Yeah, we, 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 we ran out. We ran out a little bit at the the end of the day yesterday. So Matt said ten minutes in the second quarter. Lewis, our second picker yesterday, said fourteen twenty five in the second quarter. Oh, I thought he was going to say in the first. Oh, ooh, that'd have been nice. That'd have been exciting. They're scoring in the first. Come on. Well, I think they're they're scoring, but are they getting a touchdown? They're getting a touchdown in the first. Come on. Nebraska Nebraska has one red zone touchdown, and it came with one second left in the game against Colorado. I mean, other than that. You have a 57-yard run for Jeff Sims. and Nebraska has three touchdowns this year. It's not hard and, to... And what looked like a broken trick play that all of a sudden Alex Bullock was wide it's open. It's not hard to remember. Yeah, through two games, we've got three touchdowns. We can we can look and know exactly what they By were. By the way, real quick, so we're talking about football. <laughs> How about uh, New York Jet fans last night looking like they got Aaron Rodgers for three plays, maybe, for his entire year? Well, yeah, three healthy plays hurt on the fourth. And, I mean... Listen, I suppose you're not supposed to do this, but there is heavy speculation it's an Achilles based on the way that... The, well, I think the coach said, Actually, the coach yeah, said it. Yeah, that, they've, they've reported that, that. They're talking about Achilles, but I guess the severity of it. But there was a picture out there, <laughs> which I, I, it must not be that painful of an injury. You ever ruptured your Achilles? No. Because I remember when Kobe Bryant did it, RIP. Uh-huh. Uh, don't you remember he did it in a game once, and then he came he came out and he shot his free throws and has made his free throws anyway on the yeah. play. And so, like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't feel good, but it doesn't. I think I've heard people say that it's weirdly like not like just dramatically painful when it happens. No, I. But it looked the picture where it looked like it was like actually rolling up. Oh, so I've cool. never like obviously I've I've rolled a bunch of ankles and I've yeah. strained a bunch of stuff. I tore my shoulder in college. Yeah. Like that that was it. I've never broken a bone. Well, we're pretty sure I stress fractured my toe as a pitcher. That that really hurt for yeah. a full season, but never went and had anyone actually do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I broke a toe too once and uh and a rib and an arm. In the radius, bone of my arm. But anyway, never had an Achilles tear. No, nope, not did. that so, one. Anyway, sad news for them. All right, we got other news that we need to get to, though. So let's jump into our sound off. As I pull this up, I want to remind folks, we got Joe Jordan coming up from News Channel Nebraska. That will be at 710 this morning. And uh, looking forward to having John Baylor back on the show today. That'll be later. That'll be 835. He is out on the West Coast as Nebraska. Big volleyball game tonight. Get an extra cup of coffee brewed maybe late this afternoon if you want to stay up a bit, watch some Nebraska, and listen to, I should say, to some Nebraska-Stanford right here on KLIN. So I got to feel yeah. like, by the way, because they're playing out there on in that time zone, and you're going to be adding Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA, you're going to get some that's of these. That's true. You're going to start to get. Normal. You're going to start to get more of these because that's a well, six o'clock first serve out there. Well, and shoot, during basketball season, because of the way BTN does its TV, I you know. get eight o'clock games in Central Time Zone yeah. frequently. Tuesday, eight o'clock. Yeah. So this, which, which by the way, we we know like when you get kickoff times and they're the middle of the afternoon on Saturday. I'm like, oh, that's the worst. No, eight o'clock on a Tuesday is yeah. the worst. All At right. least it, it because of me and waking up in the morning. Yeah. 
All right, let's get into the sound off. Uh, what shall we start with? Uh, how about this? All right. Oh, Congress is back, and now their next task is making sure the government doesn't completely shut down. Once again, they are facing a deadline for this to happen. What's uh, the latest here? Let's find out. With the government set to run out of money at the end of the month, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says that cannot happen. The last thing Americans need right now is a pointless government shutdown. Leader Schumer and Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy are looking at a short-term package to fund the government through at least October, but the question is, will enough lawmakers be on board? Some conservative members have raised concerns about a short-term funding bill unless it includes certain demands such as spending cuts. The House has only passed one of the 12 appropriations bills needed to fund the government. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right. Um, Interesting guest in Russia right now, Kim Jong-un from North Korea. This is an interesting combination. Kim Jong-un is in Russia. This guy rarely travels on these international trips. Very, I mean, he's very rarely seen publicly, even, for that matter. And so he is in Russia now. What's happening there? Let's find out. When Kim Jong-un meets Vladimir Putin, he's expected to offer the Russian president access to North Korea's stock of artillery shells and rockets. The war in Ukraine is taking a daily toll on Russia's supplies. In exchange, Kim's thought likely to want economic aid and military technology. The North Korean leader rarely leaves his country. This is his first foreign trip in four years, and he's travelled to eastern Russia on a special armoured train at less than 40 miles per hour. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. Oh, the, um, our special armoured train at less than 40 miles an hour. Okay, how long is that? I, I should know my geography a little bit better, but... How long is that trip if you're going for less than 40 miles an hour? I'm sure he's got a nice sleeping luxury car, car that he gets to go into, but wow. Is he, is he listening they, to Foghat I the totally whole time? forgot they had that. He made he had another trip. Where did he go? He went somewhere else, and they had this like magic, slow, super secure train that they created for him. It was probably the last time that he went out internationally anywhere, um, and... So they they must get that thing. It's his it's his whole traveling thing. So uh, he is out there, um, and and talking about giving. How about that? Russia getting military aid from North Korea at this point, like this prolonged nonstop sort of war of attrition between Russia and Ukraine. Can you imagine how depleted both of those countries? I mean. Obviously, we've talked a lot in the United States about aiding Ukraine, and there's been debate about that. But even that Russian military, like, can you imagine how completely depleted they are in terms of equipment, in terms of vehicles, in terms of people, in terms of all of that when this thing stretches? I can't remember how long it's been now, like a year and a year and, year a, and half. a half. Yeah, it's you, God, you're right. It was like February, February 2022, right? Mm-hmm over a year and a half now that this has been going on. And, like, I don't know how how accurate they are on the casualty numbers, but, I mean, you are getting into incur- just, I mean, obviously incredibly high casualty numbers um, that how are much of the region on both sides is just, on this. How much of the region has just been pummeled? D- yeah. Yeah, well, and most of that's in Ukraine, but... Right. The vast majority of that, but... <clears throat> 
yeah, it's it's amazing to think. Like, what is that military going to even going to even look like after after that's all over? Um, so yeah, according to Reuters, they've got. It says there have been. Is this is this what they're talking about here? Um, do I have the right thing? Yeah, they they say over sixty two thousand people have died on this. Then, in addition, fifteen thousand people missing on this whole thing. Holy cow, that's crazy when you you're talking about numbers like that. All right, uh, let's let's move on uh, back to the United States here. It's been a uh, it's been a bad well frankly it's been just a bad few weeks for natural disasters between hurricane issues what happened in Maui with the wildfires as well and the United States is getting close to having its most we're still in September its most costly year in history when it comes to natural disasters the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration announcing Monday those two events have pushed the total of weather disasters costing at least one billion dollars in damages this year to 23 so we're one more than the total of 22 set in 2020 the disasters this year have caused 57.6 billion dollars in damages and killed 253 people thus far these figures don't even Tropical Storm Hillary, which caused problems in Southern California, and a deep drought which struck the South and Midwest. These costs are still being totaled. John Saucier, Fox News. Right. Um, and it looks like another round will be available for those who choose to partake in it. Yes, I'm talking about COVID vaccinations. Oh, really? Another approval. In fact, um, no judgment here. My doctor, my doctor suggested uh, that once the new one is approved, that it would be uh, a good thing to get. Um, but yeah, it's it's now been approved. It's going to be a little bit until it's out. The current ones are that are still out are are still the old ones here at this point. So I think a lot of people are probably waiting if they choose to get it for this new one to come out. The Food and Drug Administration approving the latest COVID shots from Moderna, Pfizer, and its partner BioNTech. For most Americans, as part of the government's shift to treat fall updates of the COVID-19 vaccine like a yearly flu shot, though the latest vaccine likely with little fanfare and fewer takers than previous jabs, overreported rare adverse effects of them. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has also reported that almost 96% of the U.S. population, ages 16 and older, is already COVID-immunized through vaccination, infection, or both, and with little risk to healthy young people. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. How many rounds are we up to now? Because I I know you you had, like, the initial ones. I'm trying to remember because... (laughs) Like, if you were to have... And, and I'm sure I think I missed are. missed one that I I haven't had one since I had a a booster. I don't remember was it a first booster or a second booster or what it was. I know I forget I, now. I had the first booster, so I did two, as they love to call them, jabs. I'm never calling it that. This is America shots. Shot 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 shot. shot, shot, shot. Yeah. So I don't, uh, that's actually a good question. I don't know when I when I had the last one. I would have to look at my my card uh, that I've got. Do, are you still supposed to bring that card if you go do these things? I kind of forgot about that. Oh thing, man, too. I lost that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's do let's do some uh, more fun stuff. Kind of fun. Well, fun if you're a if you're a charter cable person. Uh, they've been without the Disney. Oh, Trendwood Parkinita says a total of seven rounds so far. If you would have done, if you did all, of if them. you did all of them, 
I think I had. I don't know. Well, it was a little weird because I got the for the first one I got and you got was the single round one. Yeah, we did the single round the single and then they're one. like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> and that was bad for you. <laughs> and so that screwed up the counting for me. So maybe maybe I did do what would be actually four of them. But, uh, all right. Uh, anyway, back to back to TV. If you're a uh, charter cable customer, you have been without the Disney owned channels, which for some people, most notably, includes the ESPN family of channels. Well, no longer you missed a football weekend, but ESPN is back. Just in time for Monday Night Football. Just in time for Monday Night Football. (laughs) Disney and Charter Communications have reached a new deal, bringing ESPN and ABC back into nearly 15 million households. The deal comes hours before the matchup between the Buffalo Bills and New York Jets and ends a 10-day blackout that drew scrutiny from customers across the country. The agreement preserves 19 networks and broadcast stations, including ESPN and ABC, as well as FX in major markets, but it leaves behind eight others. Under the terms, Charter has agreed to higher rates for Disney's channels in return for being able to provide the Disney Plus and ESPN Plus streaming services to its pay TV subscribers. Michelle Polino. Oh, I, I will say this just in time for Nebraska Stanford volleyball. That's that, on that's ESPN, ESPN family tonight. tonight. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. That's so they're adding ESPN Plus and Disney Plus as options for cable customers. Is that if what you, they're saying? So you have to get the certain tier of their cable package okay. in order to to get those but you lose i think it's disney junior disney xd fxx uh freeform i know freeform is something that that we would have on quite a bit um and then a couple different nat geo channels okay and then i'm missing a couple in that but but you're losing channels after all of this and if you're not getting that that package that comes with the Disney bundle, you're just paying the same for less channels now. Yeah, uh, honestly, yeah. Like, if uh, is there a some kind of a? The, the, I guess it feels like the advantage to having cable still right now would just be that you turn on your TV and you generally go to one app instead of tons of them. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess that's kind of what I already do with YouTube TV, but because that's what i'm watching live tv on but and then if you're watching movies or or, you know you go to your netflixes or your amazon primes or your whatever else people are kind of judgmental if you're still using cable by the way (laughs) are they i well i i I posted a picture of the the spectrum news thing that was like you no longer have this channel uh, because of blah 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 go here for more information and people were like why do you why do you have charter and i'm like I live in an apartment complex where if you pay for the internet, you get that cable for free. People, people do that for, like, there are certain things where people will do that. I've especially noticed either in person or on social media where you'll say like they will, they will advocate for the setup they've got so much. The other one is just internet generally. Yeah. Like, what if internet you, you've like got. don't ever say you've got internet problems because you're going to have 400 people in your mentions telling you about the greatest internet of all time. Oh, and by the way, I switched over to one of the ones I heard was the greatest internet of all time, and guess what? It ain't the greatest internet of all time. I feel like so much more of that is just your home setup. Stop. <laughs> I'm have no. That's not true. I don't. My home setup. My internet company should be able to keep up with my home setup. Uh, 
All right, this is uh, this is funny. Uh, for those who watched the Brady Bunch, either growing up or even when they were older in syndication, that house was always so familiar, right? Mm-hmm. They did the big outer shot of it. You remember the living room. You remember the little staircase that came down. Remember the kitchen, all of that. Well, that house is still around. And it was just recently, in fact, sold to a Brady Bunch super fan Ooh. who now gets to live in it if she chooses. Here's the story of a lovely lady. Brady Bunch fan Tina Trahan has paid $3.2 million for the Los Angeles house that served as the exterior of the Brady Bunch home from the TV show, which ran from 1969 to 1974, as well as the 90s Brady Bunch movie. Television network HGTV bought the home in 2008 for $3.5 million and listed the circa 1959 house in May for $5.5 bucks. The network renovated it to match the interiors depicted on the show, documenting the process for the series A Very Brady Renovation. Before HGTV purchased the Brady home, it remained in the same family for nearly 50 years. Hillary Barsky, Fox so, News. It's not the actual place they shot the they shot the show on a on a, in a studio, but they made the house look right. exactly like the the studio. So now it would so it would feel, it would feel like it. It yeah, would feel like that. Sure. I guess I didn't quite explain that as well. So uh, all right. Why don't we grab our break right now? That is it for your sound off. Got Joe Jordan coming up in 15 minutes at 735 this morning. We'll count them down with the five things that you are talking about today in the morning drive. You are listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Nebraska football returns to Memorial Stadium to host Northern Illinois. Kickoff is set for six on your home for the Huskers. 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back to 710 on LNK Today with Jack and Friends today. We're still at that 46 degrees crisp out there in September. I love it. Uh, on Tuesdays, we uh, get our friend Joe Jordan. News Channel Nebraska Television is where you can see him there. News director, investigative, and political reporter there. Talk about what's going on in the state. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, Jack. Just trying to overcome a 
fall security problems I've got up here. So, Ooh. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I'm not sure what ball security means for you, but I'm not going to ask. Uh, anyway, Joe, uh, g- I uh, opened a bad, bad door there. I don't know. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's pretty good though. Uh, anyway, nonetheless, Joe, uh, Hey, I, I'm curious because something that's been a story in, in Lincoln, I always kind of like to compare and, and see what's happening in, in the areas that you cover compared to when we're focused a little bit more on the Lincoln area. One of the things um, that was a, a big story, well, I guess it's about a month or, or so ago, maybe a little bit more than that, was property valuations uh, coming out. And this seems to happen a lot uh, in in Lancaster County. And then, of course, the, the appeals process that goes on. And that's bled in, of course, to discussions about the city budget when they're cutting the tax levy, but people are saying, well, the valuations went up, so it's really not a cut in the overall. I mean, when you do all the math of the entire thing, there's just a lot of talk about that process. I know the governor has talked a little bit about getting involved in this as well, but I guess I'm, I wanted to kind of compare notes with you to see um, in in some of the different areas that you cover outside of Lancaster County if it's kind of the same thing where people are saying, oh, my gosh, these valuations are going up so much so fast, and you've got a lot of people who are protesting them and maybe being successful, maybe being not on that. What's that situation in the other places? Well, Douglas County uh, recorded reported about 2,000 individual protests this year, which I know that sounds like a lot, but it's almost like what they get every year. It's around 2,000 a year. And uh, people, most of the complaints are because people were seeing their valuations rise on average from 10% to 20%. Now, there's also the, anecdotally, there's people who said that their valuations jumped, you know, 50, 60, 70%. Uh, but whether, whether it was 10% or 70%, uh, there's there's no doubt that people believe that the system that we currently have in Nebraska is flawed and, and they want it fixed. Uh, Governor Pillen, as you mentioned, has talked about that. He's put together a, a, a task force, members of the legislature, uh, the chambers of commerce. Uh, my understanding, according to the governor's office just, just this week, was that they had one meeting. Uh, they plan to have more before the end of the year, with the goal being some type of legislation going into 2024 uh, to address this valuation issue, uh, unclear what it would what, it's, right. what it would be. The, the options seem to be when I've talked to officials here and heard them uh, talk about the issue. There, there's maybe a couple of ways to go that they can think of. One would be capping the valuation increases by almost uh, tying them to inflation, so they wouldn't go any more than maybe three or five percent. Uh, because even even conservatives that I've talked to who who, old, who hold public office. Uh, at, the, at the city and county levels, their concern is, you know, that their costs are rising. You know, just just because of inflation, if nothing else, their costs are rising. They need more. In effect, their argument is they need more money to to operate the, the government, and uh, so so a, a, a freeze would put them in effect behind the eight ball, and they wouldn't. They you know, then they, then they've got to start making cuts. Which some people say, you know, local government, yeah, make more cuts, and mm-hmm. and then you get that whole issue of you know what what needs to be cut, who gets cut, how it gets cut. Uh, so the one item is is tying it to inflation. You know, as I said, three to five percent. Uh, others are talking about right now, as you know, 
the uh, residential valuation is, is, according to the state statute, supposed to be somewhere between 92 and 100 percent of the market value of your property. Well, there's some discussions that, well, maybe we lower that to 80 to 90 percent, because I think ag comes in around 70 to 80 percent. Oh, really? Pretty sure that's right. So they're talking about maybe maybe we lower the we lower the threshold for residential down to uh, eighty to ninety percent. But those are the things that are that are being discussed. I know uh, I talked to Senator Linehan, Luann Linehan, who chairs the Revenue Committee about this. She's on the uh, governor's uh, task force dealing with all this, and she acknowledges that she you know basically you know hey Joe I don't have the answer, but here's what others are talking about being the uh, the tying it to inflation or these lowering this valuation threshold to, down to 80 to 90 percent. Uh, like I said, no one's, there's no, it appears that there's really no magic bullet for this, but there's no doubt that the public wants something done and they want something done soon, uh, which has always been the case with property taxes in this state for years. <laughs> so, but the valuation thing is, is, is irking a lot of people because as you noted, uh, some of these uh, political subdivisions are saying, "Hey, we're lowering, we're lowering our rate." Right. Uh, and 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 yes, you are. But my property valuation is going up. So not then, only are, is it not an offset, it, I, I'm still seeing still an increase. increase in my tax bill at the yes. end of the year. Yes. So it, it's it's driving people, you know, crazy, so to speak. Um, I mean, personally, I know people that that did the protest. Some won, some lost, um, and uh, you know, the, 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 those who lost said, "Well." They're probably going to hit me again next year, so I'll go back and try again. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle, and people get, as I said, as you know, people are frustrated by it. <laughs> well, yeah. The, I mean, here's the, here's the frustrating, and I can even speak completely personally from this. Like, I got my valuation. It went way up. Um, I looked at the comps. I looked at the market value. I think they're right in the market value, but the thing is, Joe, I'm, not, I'm hopefully not selling my house for, I don't know, at least 10 more years. And so, right. like, it's it's like you're the paying. Only time on, people want the only time people want their valuations to go up is when they're getting ready to sell the house. Well, right, like <laughs> your valuation goes up, but your situation doesn't change, right, financially, exactly. because you only realize that gain once, and hopefully you do if you sell it in the right market. But right. it's just it's kind of a weird way to tie to, to to tie things to that value that is not actually something that is. That is gained. That is that you actually realize if you're the taxpayer in this situation, and I think that's a bigger systemic issue. And I don't know if they're going to tackle. I mean, just changing the percentages doesn't really change that idea all that much. It just lowers it down a little bit. It's kind of a band aid. By the way, I found the numbers for Lancaster County. If you were wondering, Joe, to compare what you were saying, uh, Lancaster County saw a 23 percent jump in assessed property values. Number one, so that was the number. Um, and there were 4,454 protests filed in Lancaster County, which was the most since 2012 this year. Uh, wow. 3,737 of them were residential properties. So that would that would double Douglas County. Isn't that uh, interesting? Which is, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah with with uh, few of them there. And so, yeah, they they were they were notified back. I want to say was it in May? I I think that would have happened, uh, or in uh, I'm sorry, in uh, it was it was a while back. It was a couple of months ago. I'm not sure. I can't remember the exact date. But yeah, a lot of a lot of people protest. But like, I didn't even again. I didn't even bother at at that point because they were again they were right <laughs> because the house the housing market. That's the other thing is like yes. the housing market 
is all over the place and can be all over the place even if you're not even if you didn't make any material changes to the house itself you know what i mean right mm-hmm. and i'm sure i'm sure i don't know what the market's like in douglas i'm sure it's probably not all that different than what you're talking about here in lincoln and lancaster county right now yeah the market is uh it, it's a, it's a, you know it's, it's a buyers buyers are having trouble finding homes right. uh, that they can they can afford first first you've got there's, is is the uh, supply and demand? There's just not enough homes out there that are for sale. And then B, the interest rates. Uh, when people go to apply for their their, their home loans, uh, you know they're running five and six and seven percent, depending on you know the day and the month, uh, and that's curtailed some of the, the buying as well. So it's uh, yeah, you know I don't. <laughs> Certainly, then said, "Hey, I don't have the answer. Believe me, I right. don't have the answer either." But, but again, the public is getting extremely frustrated with this. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, next week is when Douglas County is holding its hearings. Uh, last year, there were nine subdivisions that had to explain uh, why they were, uh, in effect, "quote unquote" raising taxes, which they don't acknowledge that they're doing. But uh, from the public standpoint, that they're raising taxes this year, it's six subdivisions. I think three school districts that were in it last year uh, are not don't have any increase this year. So it's down to six. It'll be interesting to me to see uh, not which subdivisions show up because we know that. I'm curious to see how, how many members of the public show up. This is I think this is the second, maybe third year, second year. I'm pretty sure that this has been in, on the books uh, done legislation that was passed by Senator Linehan based on some, some other states, I think Utah was one of them, uh, where, where the public can come in and make their case that, that, that you know, why is my city councilor or my, my school board raising, you know, uh, the, the, the taxes here, increasing the budget when my taxes, right. my home are going up. Uh, so it's interesting to me how, how many people know about this. The, uh, the Platt Institute which, as you know, is sort of a not sort of it's a it's a right leaning think tank in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They put out uh, sort of a uh, a video explaining to taxpayers across the state how this process works, why it's important for them to show up uh, at these meetings. Uh, don't know if that's going to have an effect. How many people are aware of that? Not clear to me. But uh, so you've got organizations that are urging people to show up for these meetings. Uh, then again, what comes out of the meeting, it's not always clear that, I mean, these budgets are pretty much already set by the time the, the, uh, these meetings are held. And so any changes would be pretty much last minute and difficult to make for these uh, school boards and city councils. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's dicey. And the public, is, for the thousandth time, I'm going to say this, they're, they're, they're perturbed and frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just, a, it's a different type of tax because normally you're paying a tax, whether you're talking about like a a, a sales tax or a, or a wheel tax or an income tax on something that you have realized in terms of income that you made or in terms of a product that you have bought or value that you have gotten at this point. The property tax is different because it's based on what you could realize based on the market and based upon where you're living exactly. And that's, it's, I mean, that's why this happens. That uh, and 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 then the longer that you live in it, right, the more that you're paying that, and you're still going to realize whatever the final value is once, no matter how many years that you're paying that tax. So, anyway, 
Um, hey, I, I, I wanted to ask you. It looks like uh, back in uh, in Washington D.C., we're going to have another deal where they're up against a deadline for a government shutdown. Um, this seems to come up, you know, a time or two every year. Then they seem to kick down the can the, the can down the road with this whole thing. Occasionally, it has actually resulted in a shutdown. Can you? This just seems to come up so frequently. Can you kind of take us inside? Uh, I'm sure you saw up close this actually happening because it happens so frequently with this. Why it happens so often and um, and and just kind of the mechanics of this thing as we watch it over the course of the next couple of weeks. Well, the, re- the reason I think it happens so frequently is it's it's such an easy target for for those who are upset with one side or the other of the political process. On, on the conservative side, uh, you're already hearing that you know the executive branch, the Biden administration, is spending too much money. We've got to get spending under control. And so they're going to use the budget process to say, you know, we, we want these budget cuts. And if we don't get them, then we're going to ha- have this debt ceiling situation. And, hope, you know, and then the, and the, and the government, the, the executive branch is saying, well, you're, you, know, don't, you can't hold us hostage to that. Uh, and we've heard this, uh, you know, I, I'm not seeing any polling on this, but I would be curious to know how the public views this, because it happens, as you said, one time, usually twice, because it's usually the end of September, and they'll kick it down the road to sometime in mid-December when they've got to make a final decision. Uh, and then every time this happens, every time this happens, it gets resolved. Mm-hmm. It's, well, there's, I guess there have been one or two shutdowns. Yeah. But, but, you know, almost every time it gets resolved. And uh, I don't know if the public just turns a deaf ear to it because in the, in the back of their minds are going, yeah, I've heard this story before and it's going to be fine. Uh, you've got obviously you've got certain groups who, who are more concerned about it than others. Like AARP always gets worried because Social Security uh, checks are going to be delayed or, yeah. or, or, or withhold withheld. So you, you hear a lot from, from that organization. And there are others uh, that, that make noise about this. I don't know where the general public is in terms of. Uh, caring, so to speak, about this issue anymore because they, you know, it's, it's the old boy who cried wolf. Uh, they, they've heard it so often they just don't they just don't concern us with it anymore. Yeah. But, uh, and, and, it, and it will be interesting That's to true. see here in Nebraska uh, how the three Congress uh, congressmen vote here when that moment comes. As we all know, Don Bacon in Omaha is, is always in a tough election situation. He will be again this year. He's got to make. He can't make all the Democrats mad at him, he can't, he, but at the same time, he can't shed too many Republican votes uh, in order to get reelected. Uh, that's the spot that he's in. Uh, Congressman Flood and, and Smith, they're in different situations uh, and can pretty much do what they want, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's a very different deal politically for those two compared to Don Bacon. Hey, uh, Joe, appreciate your time. As always, uh, we will catch up again next week. All right. Have a good one. All right. Take care, Jack. Appreciate it. Joe Jordan. News Channel, Nebraska. 725, we'll take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. From the skies to the streets, get the latest weather and traffic. Always accurate coverage. 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. So without any further ado, let's get it going, starting with number five. Cost of fuel going up dramatically. According to AAA, the average price of a gallon of unleaded gas in the state as of yesterday, three eighty-three a gallon, up twenty-eight cents from a week ago, and a penny higher than the national average, three eighty-two. So it sounds like this is in part Mark because of some outages at a refinery, um, Flint Hills refinery turnaround that takes a little while, and so that's impacted it. But the price of oil comes into it as well, and so it's sort of a multifaceted thing that made for a pretty dramatic increase right now. And I can tell you, uh, despite what that average says, too, it's different all over town. Uh, hopefully better in some places. But I saw someplace this weekend that you had to go over $4, basically. Yeah, my to... vehicle takes premium, so I was at 449 oh, on Saturday. Oh, 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 man. Yeah, so that is, that's gone up pretty quickly with this whole thing. And it was after market seemed like what two three weeks ago, like I had seen a place at like th- at three thirty, uh, which yeah. felt like it had been down lower than it had been a-, a while. Oh my goodness! I'm looking right now at today's prices. Four, I'm seeing a four hundred nine, a four hundred seven, a four a four forty nine in Lincoln. Holy cow! Yeah, it's continuing to do it right now. This is according to looking at just some of the numbers on Gas Buddy right now. Yeah, these this it's a it's a big bump, and um, wow. we don't know. You know, here about uh, two months ago, we sh- saw prices go up like three sixty nine, then they dropped back three forty nine, three thirty nine, and now this is just through the roof. Yeah, I, boy, just looking at and these are numbers from ten hours ago, fifteen hours ago, twenty hours ago, uh, one that's fifteen fifty five minutes ago, but I didn't realize. I thought it was. I thought I had found an outlier. I thought I found, of course, when I had my gas light on, I thought I found the only station in town that was over $4. Maybe that wasn't the case. Uh, so I did So I did what a reasonable person would do, and I filled up about three gallons in, and I was like, all right, I'll kick the can down the road, just like Congress is going to do here in a couple of weeks. Kick the can down the road, and I'll deal with this, and hopefully things will be better <laughs> when, my, when my light comes back on this afternoon. You might just well stop on your way home. It'll I know. Probably be cheaper than this afternoon. Yeah, pr- pretty much because it's the well. What am I going to do? Not fill up on gas? I know. I so, do. So, so when I so when I see it, if I need gas, pl- uh, put it put it in the uh, tank. Let it roll till it says it's full. See, I I have this stupid thing I do where I will if I feel. I don't know what if I sense that prices are about to go down or something, or I'm in kind of a hurry. I'll do the put two to six gallons in and just on an empty tank and just call it good. 
That sounds like just such a waste of it time. It probably is. I don't. <laughs> I'm not even disagreeing with you, but I do that. I do that. So and and it's also because well, like sometimes I am I'm notorious in my own family for letting it run down to the very last drop, which I know is bad for my car. Mark, you always tell me that. There's but I'm, the fuel pump. I'm notorious for for doing that. And sometimes I'll realize that I've done that when I'm on my way to work in the morning. <laughs> Which is harder to get fuel. Yeah, and so I'll have to find a place, and I realize, I'm like, man, I need to get there. i got to get some stuff done before the show starts. So I'll be like, I, all right, I'm going to spend have, 45 seconds filling this thing up. Whatever I, I get, I get. I have a suggestion. What's that? Why don't you go and buy copious amounts of the makings of the ingredients for chili, since we know they're going <laughs> to and, yes. and do it where you can get the fuel saver uh, credits. Yeah, you know, and then go fill up. That's true. I should do that. I should do. That. I thought you were going to tell me to buy an electric car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get the Rivian! No, yeah. oh, the Rivian. <laughs> That'll save me money as soon as I write the hundred and ten thousand dollar check. Yes. <laughs> Number four. Uh, bad spot to have streets closed, but it's going to start this morning. We understand, LT. You're going to have to shut down. Eastbound normal, 53rd to 56th until sometime next week, probably Monday, as they do a wastewater repair that facility or that area. 53rd to 56th eastbound. That's going to be a mess. Holy cow. So, like, totally closed. Eastbound, yes. So, yeah, eastbound and going going toward, yes. So, you're going to have to going think. Going toward 56th. You're going to have to think 48th or 40th or something other than uh, normal. Thoughts and prayers to those of you who have a commute that normal. Well, first of all, thoughts and prayers to you, any of you that have a commute down normal going eastbound anytime between, I don't know, 445 and 545. Yeah, it starts earlier than that. It does it because I've, I've gone the other direction in that situation when I'm going, you know, downtown or going to bring my daughter somewhere. And that lineup at 56th and normal. Oh. Whoa, it, Nelly. A lot of times there. That, I'm telling you, that I bet that thing's gone all the way back to 48th sometime. Oh, I bet probably. it's, it's yeah. gotten to the point. Because here's the thing. And here's the thing. I'm going to I'm gonna be critical again. You know what everybody does? They get in that left lane. Because it's one of those that merges after the fact. And so nobody wants to be in that right lane to merge. And I'll, I'll always do it. I'll always do it. I'll take that right lane, even if I'm not turning right, and I'll make the merge up there by the library, get my blinker on, or get going kind of off the line quick enough to go get it. And I can't believe more people don't do that. It's just, we have such a we have such a weird passive driving community sometimes. They'll back up. They will back up forever if it means that they don't have to try and get themselves into traffic in a merge situation later. 90% of the population. Which is fine with me. It actually it, yeah. it serves to help some of us. So, I think that there's a there's a giant mentality of that's cutting in line. That's Well, all you got to do is I don't think about it that way, so I don't feel I know that that to. lane's open. I will continue to take that lane. <laughs> right. Same and, same thing eastbound on O at 84. Yep. And on 70th. I mean, and, uh, oh, oh no. eastbound. Or I'm, t- I'm talking about northbound 70th on O. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Eastbound O on 84th. The right lane uh, merges right after 84th okay. Street. Okay. 
I'm not going. I'm not going that far into crazy East Lincoln, Mark. Jeez, <laughs> I've, been, I've only been east of 84th like five times in my life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you need to get out more. Uh, yeah, but fill up your tank. When yeah. I say I live in East Lincoln, not that East Lincoln. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'm not a Firethorn member yet. Holy cow! Just remember, uh, eighty what eighty third and O is yeah. the last gas station going east until you get to Eagle. Sounds about right. Yep. The the world's most amazing desert of gas that's ever been created. We've got it right here in East Lincoln, but not that far East Lincoln. <laughs> Number three. Logo gate. Another layer yesterday. Impressed football coach Matt Rule said his team got to the field in Boulder Saturday. Met at midfield for a team meeting and prayer. But Buffs quarterback Shadur Sanders said after the game that he took exception. He said it was disrespect on his logo. So he broke up their meeting. So what do you guys think to say about it? Uh-huh. Okay, I don't even know what real I thought I thought Shadur Sanders was mad at Rule because of something Rule said in the summer where he so, basically said he didn't like to build his team through transfers like Dion did. So he said that, but he also said that in the pregame, there were too many Huskers all meeting on their logo. So he went and he broke that up. And because they have all the cameras everywhere and he's got all of the security with him, he went right into the middle of the logo, right into the middle of all of the Huskers. During their prayer? Flashed his watch and was telling guys to get out of there. During their prayer? I don't know if it was if it was during, but like the little bits that you can see, he gets into the middle of all of them and, and gets them all out of there. I cannot. And, and Rule clarified yesterday, he, he said, no, what we were doing is something that we do at every game, everywhere that his teams have always gone. They get there, they get to midfield, they ask for, for blessings and everyone to be safe. That day, whatever their denomination Didn't he say he is, invited people, both it, teams. To he, do it? he said that because Shadur had walked out there, he invited oh. him to join the prayer. My eyes are rolling out of my head right now. If you could see it, listen. There, there, there could not be more victims in Boulder. Listen, Nebraska lost to Colorado. So be it. Colorado was definitely the better team on Saturday. Um, that will not keep me from not only hoping for, but fully embracing and being overjoyed every time Colorado still loses this season. And some people think it will never happen. It will happen. Can we also... It will happen. Can, it won't happen this week, but it will happen. Can we give a phenomenal shout-out to the uh, the social media people for Fox, for Fox College Football, for sharing this great highlight of Nate Borkercher blocking the absolute shoes off of Travis Hunter. Pushing him down the field like you're supposed to. Yeah. yeah. And and then Hunter reacted as you probably saw on the broadcast by ripping Borkacher's helmet off. Fox prom- uses that to promote Colorado and says something to the effect of... It's not the size of the fight and the dog. The yes. size of the dog in the fight. Talking, yeah. It actually was the size of the fight in the was the size of the player because Borkacher, Borkacher man absolutely him. manhandled him. Yes. As did Thomas Fedoni later in the game. Let's so. go Nebraska tight ends. <sighs> so frustrated. That game. Oh, Next year they're coming here, right? Oh, you want to you oh, know if it's going to feel like a rivalry next you, year. It's going to feel like 1992 up in there <laughs> when you have pure bloodlust in that stadium. <laughs> or at least I hope so. I hope so. And if you're not going to feel that, go ahead and give me your ticket, and I'll make sure there's somebody there who does. 
Number two. Walt Disney, ABC, uh, ESPN, and all of that, and Charter Communications, which is also Spectrum locally. Well, they finally announced a multi-year distribution agreement that gets ABC and all those other products back on their cable system. Yay! You got ESPN back. Yes, Chris Kaufman was not happy that they were gone. Yeah, it was. Well, it was frustrating because you had a college football Saturday. But I mean, you've had some some other nights where there have been things on, but the the Texas Alabama game was on ESPN on Saturday. I that I had no opportunity to pull that up. Now this is going to have an immediate impact for those of us here in Nebraska because Stanford Nebraska volleyball tonight is on ESPN National. Uh, but it, it was it was frustrating to go through. It, it felt like there was no sense of urgency until oh you're definitely just going to wait till you get ahead of the Monday night football game. Right. So that's your actual deadline. Not all of these other things that people care about, but for a lot of people, like. Disney Junior is a big thing in a lot of people's house if they don't have Disney Plus because they're paying for cable. We we had Freeform on because it'll have it'll have movies on there. That's it'll, a Disney Channel. It's it's owned by Disney. Huh, yeah. um, it, it'll have a bunch of movies on there, but it'll also have like The Office where you just let those reruns run right. if, if you just want something so, for background. So there and there are several other channels that are now gone without really getting any value back. So the problem here is Charter's frustrated with ESPN because they're promoting their basically their off-cable apps, essentially, right? Yeah. And like ESPN Plus, like Disney Plus, and those sorts of things. So the compromise that they got to this is that ESPN Plus is actually going to be included now in Spectrum TV Select Plus video package. I assume that's kind of an up, some kind of an upgrade that that's, you can get. I think so, yeah. Which that might be a good deal if you're if you. I'm not sure what it'll cost. And ESPN's flagship direct customer consumer service is going to be included to for Spectrum TV select subscribers upon launch. So I don't know. Were you not able? Were you not able to sign in to ESPN before with a Spectrum account, like an ESPN app, and watch games? Or did you ever try that? I mean, I would. So, so are you saying like ESPN Plus? So or? I go to just regular ESPN, where you they have a game on ESPN, but you can watch it on their app. But you always have to sign in with a yes, cable I, service. Yes, I just sign in could with, my, with my Could you do that with Spectrum? Yes. Okay, it sounded like you couldn't, but you still can, evidently. The other thing, Charter will make Disney's direct-to-consumer services available for purchase by its broadband-only customers. Were they blocking out? Were broadband customers who didn't have cable, were they blocking out your ability to get Disney Plus through their internet? Is that Because that's what it sounds like when they say I that. I mean, we... So, like... Through them or just we couldn't all of the, the 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 deal says Charter will make Disney's direct to consumer services available for purchase by its broadband only customers. Was it not before? Were they blocking it prior to that? I mean, we have Disney Plus, like, right? I, but you have the cable TV package too. We get the because cable. We don't. Only. We don't pay for the cable TV package though. Is the right. thing. So I don't know uh, where any of that is. Well, maybe you, uh, you Spectrum people will have to explain to me exactly how it's going on. But nonetheless, you should be happy that you're at least going to have those channels. Want somebody to try to now. explain a cable package? That's a good point. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't know why I care. I'm, I got I'm YouTube TV. Do you still have cable, Mark? Yep. Sticking with it. Yep. Why do you stick with it? Too old to learn that thing. <laughs> 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 okay. Number one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Coca-Cola launching a new drink co-created with human and artificial intelligence. It's oh, a limited brother. edition flavor. Uh, Coca-Cola Y3000. 
designed to taste mostly like Coke with a little bit of something else. <laughs> and apparently the something else, they turned to AI to get this, evidently. The press release says the company relied on human insights by finding out what flavors people associate with the future. What does that mean? I'm, I'm what in the a, world afraid. does that mean? Then it used AI to help figure out the flavor pairings and profile AI-generated images on the packaging, too. They'll have a zero-sugar and a full-sugar version. I don't know what the future tastes like, but I guess AI is going to help me figure that out. Guys, if I saw something that was written out its description, it tastes mostly like Coke. Well, I just found out this establishment serves Pepsi. <laughs> okay. Like, why would I want off Coke? I mean, didn't 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 uh, they say Pepsi was the choice of a new generation back in At the day? At one time, they did. Yeah, one time that sounds like did. the future to me. Sounds like AI. Maybe they were. Maybe <laughs> Pepsi was using AI in 1989 when they made that up. <laughs> or whatever that was. Ah, uh, just give me a Mountain Dew. I'll go away. Diet Mountain Dew. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I don't need no AI. Human created all natural diet Mountain Dew. You know, straight from the mountains. Here's a little piece <laughs> of uh, information about Mountain Dew. Yes. Regular Mountain Dew has more calories than Mountain Dew with re- made with real sugar. Oh, that's interesting. That's in- that yeah. Those was- that was a big trend for a while. The full sugar stuff. Right, the, or the regular sugar yeah, stuff. Regular sugar. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. That's it for your sound off. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Seven fifty six on KLIN. Nebraska football returns to Memorial Stadium to host Northern Illinois. Kickoff is set for six on your home for the Huskers. Fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot. For the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. We got this gear and pizza to give away. We got to find somebody to give it away to. Well, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to allow you to predict something, maybe you, to predict something about the upcoming Nebraska game. If you get it correct or the closest to it, you're going to get the $50 gift to Alumni Hall, $50 from Valentino's as well. But to get the pick, you got to send us the keyword via text. The keyword is Huskies. Huskies. H U S K I E S. Huskies. Huskies. Got it. The Northern Illinois mascot, I presume. Yes. 
I would hope so. It'd be a weird thing. Otherwise, to, we're just randomly weird talking Huskies. Thing to mansion out of nowhere. Otherwise, Huskies is the keyword. Text it in to 402-479-1400. We are going to pick one of the people who text it in within the next, uh, I don't know, how, how long do you give them? I never I with, with this I one, should learn the rules of this thing that we play. With this one, it cuts off at 8.30. 8.30. So you have 20 minutes when you do that. <laughs> text in to 402-479-1400, and we'll pick one of the people who text in, and then you will get a pick for when Nebraska scores their first touchdown in the game. So the format of the pick would be a quarter and a time remaining. Or I guess you could say, Caleb, never. They don't score a touchdown. You could say never. You'd be a real downer. You'd be real fun at cocktail parties if you're a never person. Don't do that, please. Nonetheless. All right. uh, It's time to come talk about a uh, cool event coming up in Lincoln. Um, I've been a part of it in the past. I've had a chance to to see it and hear about how it works, and it's something that uh, could be a fun Thursday night for you uh, a couple of nights from right now. It's called Ignite Lincoln, and it'll be happening at the Rococo Theater on Thursday night, and we got a couple of guests in right now associated with it in different ways. We got Michaela Scheibert, chair of planning committee, the planning committee for Ignite Lincoln, and we got Alan Ward, who's going to be one of the speakers here at Ignite Lincoln as well. Michaela, first of all, welcome. Glad to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks so much. So tell us, for people who don't know, what is Ignite Lincoln? Yeah, so we bring, um, this year we have 12 speakers that are going to come out. Each speaker has five minutes to talk about any topic that they're passionate about. Um, during those five minutes, they'll have a slide deck that's showing, and it's just a really fun night. We raise money for five local nonprofits, um, so it's a very heartfelt, fun, uh, just great night to to be out. And very weekend. cool. I, I, I was a part of this several years ago, and I know it's, the format has probably changed a little bit, but tell me how the fundraising uh, works, because I think that's probably a little bit unique, right? Well, yeah, so we have sponsors um, that will... Uh, uh, donate. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also, all the ticket sales that uh, we have go to the nonprofits. Okay. So all the money that we raise is given right back to those five nonprofits. Very, very cool. Um, and by the way, Echo Collective, Lincoln Literacy, Visionary Youth, uh, Voices of Hope, and We Can Do This. Is that right? That those is are the right. five mm-hmm. this year. So maybe some familiar names, maybe some that you're not familiar with, and a chance to find out a little bit more about that. Um, in terms of the speakers, and we're going to hear from one of them here, it looks like, I was looking at the lineup this year, it looks like a real wide variety of stuff. I think it always is with Ignite Lincoln. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, you know, like I mentioned, anything people are passionate about, um, anything that they've had go on in their lives. Um, we have some big personalities that will be taking stage. We have some individuals that I don't think have ever taken a stage. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get, which is yeah. part of the excitement of the whole deal. Are these, these are people who have basically said, hey, I'd I'd like to do this, basically applied to do it, essentially. Is that how it worked? Yep, that's it. Uh, you can go on to IgniteLincoln.org and apply. Um, some of the individuals have great speaking backgrounds. Um, we have some that have been teachers before, some that are local uh, kind of celebrities, I guess, mm-hmm. in Lincoln, and then just individuals that I think want to come out and just share their story. And you've got one of those with you today. His name's Alan Ward, and he is going to be speaking at Ignite Lincoln. Good morning, Alan. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. Why? Uh, so why are you going to... I mean, it sounds like kind of a nerve-wracking thing, even for me, uh, to be I've honest. Been, so I've why been, the heck are you... And I've been behind a mic for 16 <laughs> years. So why are you doing this? Uh, I always like speaking to actually... Uh, 
Tut is what he goes by, but he posted on Facebook, and then my girlfriend saw it, uh, Sandy, and Sandra was like, hey, you should do this thing. And I was like, I, you know, I don't really know. Like, I like speaking in front of people. That's a lot of people. And she's like, well, you're doing it. And I was like, okay, all right. And she's here in studio, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Uh, so she had some of the responsibilities, so I'm glad she was able to celebrate it with you. Yeah, yeah. she's kind of my secretary, so yes. to speak. Keeps the dates quarter. But yeah, no, it's an amazing opportunity. Uh, I actually got the chance to sit down on a podcast with one of the speakers where I believe his speech is Stan. Mm -hmm. And that's basically, he gave his uh, terminal illness a name, and then he survived it. I think it was like a 1% chance or something like that. Pretty wow. pretty cool dude, and he's been on a couple TED Talks, uh, met his family in Washington, and then they saw him speak live at a TED Talk. It was pretty cool Very talking cool. to him. So your, the name of your, your speech or your time is From Adolescent Zero to Adult Hero. Give yeah. us, I don't want you to completely spoil it, but give us an idea what you're going to be talking about. So at 13 years old, I entered the foster care system for four years. And the statistical information, if you look it up on like youth.gov or um, childwarefare.org is not really highlighted well, so to speak. And so I kind of give go over the statistics of it, the chances of success, which are pretty much zero. Um, one of the statistics is like 85% of pro prison populations come from foster care backgrounds. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And the j just kind of shedding some light on it. I actually think a couple of the nonprofits go hand in hand with a couple of yeah. foster care organizations. So yeah. it's a pretty cool event. And uh, I actually reached out to one of the uh, CEOs for Cedars, that uh, allows housing for foster kids once they exit the system. I think 15,000 kids a year go in immediately homeless at the age of 18 after aging out. So mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that I don't feel is talked about enough. And um, Sandy really felt that since I came from that background, I could be kind of like a beacon or a voice because I've done a lot of interesting things since uh, the age of 13. Um, ran with the Bulls in Spain. Uh, been featured on a couple podcasts, traveled multiple different states, traveled to a couple different countries and stuff. So, and then uh, this year I just ran my first uh, full marathon. So nice, yeah, <laughs> very good, man. You've been you've been busy since. What was the key? I mean, you, you were you, you're talking about how you're you've been kind of an exception for a system that is really hard for kids to get through, and I, obviously more resources are needed, more attention is needed. But what did make a difference for you? Honestly, so the people that are coming, I think there's like 15 total. Um, some of them have very different backgrounds. I have a personal trainer for the marathon. I have a missionary that started like seven churches in Brazil that was always a good friend. He's like 70-something years old. And then uh, my adoptive family, the the Hales. Um, you know, without those individuals or um, village people to help guide me through life, I doubt... I'd be here sitting on the radio talking to you, honestly. Mm, yeah. Um, so I, I really feel it's just one of the key points is like mentorship. I don't think enough kids or youth have that today. Um, one, uh, one of the cool programs that I actually work underneath, uh, his name's Robert Perry uh, Tank. He started a seven on seven program that kind of travels a little bit and gives chance, uh, gives kids a chance to have like an after school program during the summer. And it's a completely nonprofit. So more, more institutions like that, I think would really help 
as far as like overcoming the statistical odds. So, so willingness to invest essentially. Yeah. 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 And, and probably a situation that's intimidating to start investing in if you're not experienced in it. I mean, I, I can't really blame people. You know, most kids going into the foster care system, they're misdiagnosed or diagnosed with some sort of mental disorder. Almost all of them will be put on psychotropic drugs. I think at one point I was on eight different ones when I was in the system. So Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that, when you look at it, it's supposed to be a program that helps people. You know, there's kids where their parents get really bad into drugs and then they take them from the family and put them in the system. But I, I just think that all the money being poured in it, something needs to change, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what that is because I'm not a politician or a, right. or a money monger. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, hopefully you can learn it and, and make some difference as you as you do this more. What do you hope people go away with? You only got a few minutes to speak. What message do you hope comes across with this? Um, I just want to tell people that it doesn't take like a superhero to change kids life. It just it just takes somebody inspiring in them and believing in them enough to that that one day they become that person that they could become that football player on the Husker team or they could become the next CEO of some business or a president yeah you know regardless of the current situation that they're in so how hard is this to narrow this down to your allotted time and no you know not you know how much there's memorizing versus kind of ad-libbing versus having notes how is that whole process so <laughs> i often sit in the car and talk and um Sandy kind of looks at me crazy, like I'm going insane. But uh, yeah, I practice in front of the mirror when I get out of the shower, uh, when I'm in the car by myself, when I'm with my girlfriend who thinks I'm insane, probably. Uh, She's still here. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I'll be talking in front of my family members, just like kind of like going over kid quid pro quo notes and stuff. So yeah, Yeah. it's... uh, I think I got it pretty down pat. I just got to go over the slideshow, so yeah. that's about it. Cool. And excited to see and hear and meet the other people, I assume, too, who are going to be doing yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. They are, have some pretty guess. interesting stories, so yeah. I'm willing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm looking at the whole lineup here, Michaela. It looks like a real wide variety here of yeah. things that are coming up this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of personal stories, a lot of uh, professional stories. Um, I think it'll be a really uh, well uh, covered night. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I guess just kind of what's the, I mean, obviously the, there's, you know, there's, there's fundraising for worthy causes. That's a big part of it. But beyond that, like, why why do something like this? What's the mission? What's the hope with this whole thing? Well, Ignite's uh, mission is everyone speaks. Everyone mm-hmm. has a voice. And so that's the, the platform that we like to to. To tell. Right. Um, so anyone has the opportunity to get up and talk and tell their story um, in just a really fun, heartfelt night. Right. And you know what? I, I, I'll say this. I, I love what I loved about this when I was a part of it and just kind of what I've heard is that it really is open to any kind of topic. It can be something that's, you know, in, incredibly serious here and uh, like Alan's going to be talking about has huge consequences. Yeah. Some of the stuff may not quite be <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, qu- quite as serious as what Alan is going to be talking about in his life experience as well. But, you know, I can tell you this from being on radio for 16, 17 years is that, yeah, speaking is hard, but when you're speaking about something that you're passionate about, mm-hmm. it comes across to people completely differently. It's easier, and you sound better 
when you're talking about something that you're passionate about. And I think that's probably true of all these speakers here. Yeah, absolutely. hundred um, percent. Okay. Uh, details that people need to know, Michaela, like I said, it's coming up Thursday night, right? Like the day after tomorrow. Correct. Rococo Theater. Yep. Yes. Uh, what else do people need to know about uh, this? Tickets are available at ignitelincoln.org. Uh, tickets are $10 for general admission, $20 for reserved Doors open at 6 p.m. and show starts at 7. Uh, we'll have a live poll that takes place about halfway through the event um, so that any audience member has the opportunity to vote which of their favorite nonprofit should walk away with the largest check. Okay. And the nice thing is every nonprofit walks away with some money. Right. Okay. So, so there's a little drama with that whole yeah. <laughs> whole thing throughout the time too Excitement. as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hey, hey, Alan, thanks for, number one, thanks for coming in, but even more important than that, thanks for sharing your story. Thank thanks you. Thanks for sharing your experience. Yeah. It makes a huge difference, I think. I think you're going to make a difference going forward, and this is how we make our systems better, right? I right. think we have yeah. people talk about them that know and understand them and inspire people, so I think it's really cool that you're doing this, and I hope you keep doing it beyond this as well. <laughs> and and, uh, and Michaela, thanks for coming in as well. Best of luck with the event, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the road, all right? Awesome, thanks. All right, there you go. Ignite Lincoln. By the way, uh, website, if anybody wants to get there, I guess I'm on it. IgniteLincoln.org. Correct. That's right. All right, there you go. Al, thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you I appreciate so much, it. sir. Thanks. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, we've got to grab a break right now. It's 823, 52 degrees in the Capitol City. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Skies tonight, not quite as cool. 51 the overnight low, mainly sunny skies on Wednesday with a high around 80. From the 1011 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Brad Anderson. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. Who we normally push to the last full segment of the show, which he still is in, technically. But, you know, we get in during that, that aether, get the morning rush over, getting all those those things over. It's when we do most of our sports stuff. But, but today, it's the top of the morning for old JB because uh, he is in the West Coast. Back in his old stomping grounds, Northern California with Nebraska taking on Stanford tonight. JB, good morning. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good morning. Okay, welcome to the land of one and a half million dollar condos. <laughs> now, do you have did did, did uh, the University Spring for VRBOs for everyone to have one of those? <laughs> no, frankly, shockingly, the uh, hotel, which is right across the street from the 
uh, edge of the vast Stanford campus uh, is only $199 a night. Uh, so I, that shocked me. But don't go out for a meal. This is a good place to come visit the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, and just fast. Yeah, I've I've been uh, I've been to San Francisco, but I've, I haven't been, and you know wine country and that sort of stuff. But if you're on a budget, come out and you're out in the Bay Area. You want to get into fasting, maybe celebrate <laughs> Ramadan and uh, and do a lot of walking, a lot of walking. That's good. That's good. It's also a nice diet plan. It's a nice weight loss plan as well. Then it sounds like everybody wins. That's good. That's good. Uh, let's catch up on some of the volleyball stuff. Been a little while since we've since we've talked volleyball. So let's. Let's, let's do that, um, man. It's been it's been since just before, uh, of course, the volleyball night in Nebraska. The performance there. Uh, then uh, yeah. the Huskers have gone on, went on. Ninety two hundred and three. Every family of four at Memorial Stadium that night can take credit. That's true. Push the total above ninety one nine nine nine. You each are responsible for that. Second, I did it. Two. I did it. My family's in there. I'm very <laughs> excited to be be a part of that. What? I'm I'm curious though, and we've what was just kind of the the, the response, the aftermath, the impact of that was it even was it even it, for me it was even more than I expected. Um, just in terms of the attention, the feel, kind of the emotional, the, how emotional it was for so many people. How did that all kind of come off to you? A little bit like some of us predicted that the visuals would be so compelling in a culture that doesn't read so much. So you could write something profound these days, like Hemingway wrote uh, Old Man in the Sea. I don't think it has the same impact, but visuals in our culture today are particularly poignant. And those pictures, those images that have gone around the world now have really captured people's imagination. I mean, this, this event vastly exceeds the attention any of my friends on the coast have ever given uh, Nebraska volleyball. Uh, even you know after five national championships, so those visuals really st- struck a chord. I mean, I'm here seeing an old uh, classmate of mine, and she, who's certainly no volleyball fan, was talking about Lincoln, Nebraska, and all those fans. And my goodness, how could 92,000 people be so passionate about a volleyball team and a volleyball game? So uh, that that's going to resonate for a, a long time, and I think. Particularly, and this is at this point a little redundant because I think a lot of other people have said and, and written this, that when those players came out at the tunnel, on the tunnel walk, this is the volleyball yes. version of the tunnel walk, and they weren't gladiators heading for the gridiron. They were 14 young women heading to surround the net. And that really struck a lot of people like, okay, things have come a long way because their great-grandmothers who grew up on farms all over Nebraska – were denied the opportunity to play team sports. And a lot of their grandmothers came too early and were denied that opportunity. And their mothers, like Lori Melcher, the mother of Kelly Hunter, she got to play, but she had to set up chairs in the old Coliseum and Mabel Lee Hall, and she knew the names of all the hundreds of fans. <laughs> and then, you know, you know, and now here they are. Uh, in the case of Kelly, she got to win a couple of national championships in front of 17,000 people, and now her team she's an assistant coach of course the players now are playing in front of 92,000 and it just it's just a symbol of how far the, the culture has evolved with regards to giving women opportunity and uh, not just in sports but ideally in a lot of other spaces and, and uh, niches as well and and what 
benefits can come from that. And you know, you, you know who was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think you hit it right, right on the head why it affected people like it did. One population I saw particularly moved by it was fathers of daughters. And I'm in, I'm in this spot too. Um, the father of a daughter and, and, you know, maybe even people, and I, I think I've admitted it. I've said it on the show before. I think, you know, coming up, I didn't, I didn't pay a lot of attention. I didn't have a whole lot of interest in women's sports, despite being a sports fan. Um, and that's really changed significantly. And, you know, and part of it, of course, is having a daughter and, and a daughter yeah. who happens to be really interested in it. But just the opportunities have become different. And I've realized, you know, whether it's this, whether it's whether it's basketball, I'm sure it's going to be softball this year for, for just for Nebraska sports as well. And that was an interesting kind of reaction to it that I saw, too. Yeah, if you want to empathize, just have a child who... Um, has uh, the attributes that historically have not been championed. And yeah. uh, that's why I wonder how you know, more countries don't champion women's rights because presumably there are parents and fathers in those countries which have daughters. But that's true. I, I completely agree that uh, that, that, that hit me. And, and any, any father now uh, looks back and, and, and uh, who has a daughter and just realizes, Man, I was just such a knucklehead. I had no idea what young girls went through. I had no idea what young women went through. I was just kind of a selfish guy when I was growing up, and no one really talked about those things. And you know, reviving Ophelia hadn't really been written, and and um, and uh, hadn't really read that yet. And so, this is just one more step. And and I think uh, what um, Americans I think can be proud of. We've got a long way to go, but it seems like. We've evolved a lot further on this issue than other countries. For example, uh, when we were in school, Jack, 57% of brand new college graduates were were young men every year. And that's totally flipped. It's now 57% young women going on 60% in a couple of years. Wow. And only 43 going on 40% young men. And so there's so many implications of that. But one thing we can just kind of celebrate is that this is what happens when you stop holding back people yeah um a related story my daughter who i referenced there she's a super fan for volleyball you know that i've talked to you about her before she's 13 she went into middle school on monday and she's wearing probably wearing a husker shirt on monday and one of her teachers was very jokingly and and playfully poking her said well why surprise you're wearing that shirt after this weekend happened and my daughter nora her response was actually we were two and oh this week <laughs> and um, that that kind of summed it up. The teacher, of course, thinking that she was a Husker football fan, and she was uh-huh. say, r- saying, "No, uh, the 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 team that I'm following most closely was unbeaten this year. Um, it was unbeaten <laughs> this week and this year as well, and that's why she was wearing it." So, anyway, that was a funny little anecdote that she shared with me. Nora. Uh, uh, she is. Yes. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about just kind of generally the the three games after the Memorial Stadium game at Kansas State, Creighton, Long Beach State. Uh, you drop a set to Creighton, but man, outside of that, JB, those were some impressive performances all up and down in those three matches. Yeah, K State is not receiving any love yet from the coaches' poll. They probably should, especially uh, when they're in that home, uh, brand new home court. That's a really tough place, hostile place to play, and the Huskers just controlled it. And that's a team Kansas State with a bunch of talent. And then Creighton did not have their best player, uh, nor assist. And so that, and it was the first game playing without her. So they were really uncomfortable and out of sync for the first set, for probably first set and a half. 
but they, you know, obviously started getting more comfortable and showed what they can do. And now they're, they've risen in the ranks despite that, that loss. But if you look at whom Nebraska's played, I mean, Creighton's the only ranked opponent. Again, they were missing their best players. So we're playing a team tonight in Stanford that has already beaten three top 15 teams. They've lost to Florida, but they've also beaten Rice and uh, they've been getting both. So, They've just had a totally different caliber of schedule thus far. And and it's by design. Stanford doesn't start classes for another, like, 12 days. Jeez. I walked around the campus last night. I mean, you, you feel like it's the middle of July without the heat. I mean, just, you know, a bunch of graduate students working on research, a couple <laughs> professors you know, biking around, people walking, you know, people sitting on chairs in the middle of campus. I'm like, hello? There's nobody here. And it's just school doesn't start like 11 or 12 days. And it's, they're on a trimester system. And so anyway, these fall sports like football and, and volleyball, and don't mention football around here. Oh, boy. Um, anyway, uh, volleyball, uh, they've got a month where they're just nomads and they just travel around the country and play with teams because there's nobody here. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, presumably they're going to get some fans tonight. Uh, but uh, uh, this, this uh, in the fall, Stanford just loads up on competition because that's all the kids do. That's all the players do. They focus on volleyball. They don't have classes until at least a, you know three, four weeks into the season. So Nebraska's been gearing up and incrementally toughening up the schedule, getting ready for the Big Ten, and, and that's what's happening right now, especially tonight. Uh, Stanford, they you know obviously we know they've had great historic success as a program. Nebraska faced off against them in the national championship a few years back. Then they had a little dip a couple years ago. They are back now. What is the big strength of Stanford that is going to give Nebraska the most issues? Stanford's dips are very little, Jack. Mm-hmm. So let's clarify that. But they uh, they've won nine national championships, and they might be ranked sixth in the country offensively right now. But given their competition, I'd put them as the top offensive team in the country. I mean, they're hitting 327, which is a huge number against ranked opponents for the most part the entire season thus far. I mean, their their fifth highest rated attacker is hitting 287. I mean, they got pin hitters hitting 300, 287. They got middles hitting 408, 351. I mean, they've got first team All American setter. This is perhaps certainly in the conversation for the most potent offense in the country. All the players are back from last year. All the key contributors are back from last year, a team that was on the doorstep of the final four. They are all back and you know, they're super motivated because for Stanford not to make the final four, uh, that's motivational. And then Nebraska is the number one defense in the country. Only one team Creighton is hit above a 100 against the Huskers all year. So that's the fascinating matchup is, can the Huskers suffocating defense slow down this Cardinal revved up offense? Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's kind of like the irresistible object against the immovable yeah. force, right? Um, yeah. The strength on strength I, there. I watch those old NFL films. <laughs> the irresistible. I love it. The yeah. autumn wind is a raider. I love it. In the, in the tundra of Green Bay. Yes. That's what we have tonight. I hope NFL Films will be here, but the Husker Radio Network will. A uh, couple of players I want to ask you about just because they've stood out to me. I mean, Bergen Riley has been advertised as a setter for the most part, number one. Um, I've, I've been incredibly impressed with, with her. You see why she kind of took yeah. that, that job by the throat. And then Andy Jackson, I think, has become the oh. the one for me that I didn't, I guess, I'd, I'm sure we talked about her, but I didn't necessarily see coming out like that. She, she's hitting 529 right now, JB. And that's the thing. That's been where Nebraska hasn't done it. They haven't had 
those kind of gaudy hitting numbers that you sometimes see with some of the other teams. So that's a little bit of a revelation, too. Especially from the middles yeah. and the right side. And Merritt Beeson's hot. And that's because, you know, we haven't had great setter to uh, nearby attacker connections for the last year plus. So when middles are putting up big numbers on the right side, Merritt Beeson, what she'd done over the last three games, she's at 247, which is okay, but 3.6 kills a set. That means that that uh, Bergen is really connecting with those those attackers who are right next to her, and that takes a lot of chemistry, connection, and uh, and practice because its timing is so critical. Setters can moonbeam a set to the outside; that's not so tough. But to connect with good timing with those middles and the right side, that's showing that the the team is starting to gel and really uh, come together. And furthermore, the opponents then can't just double up on the outside hitters for Nebraska. They've got to honor the other hitters. But Andy Jackson has high school video of her blocking and her shoulders are above the top of the net. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gra- gravity is a mere annoyance yeah. to her. And, yeah. she, and she is, I mean, Terry Pettit uh, on, uh, what is that thing called? I think they call it X now. Yeah, formerly it's Twitter. Yes. Like, used to to communicate. It's yes. really great at kind of dividing the country and weakening us, weakening us all. But anyway, occasionally it has in, informative stuff. And and one thing he has said is that uh, she's one of the greatest athletes in the basketball history. I, I, I agree. Wow. Just pure athlete. Wow. Like just jumping ability, that arm strength. My God, she'll have one or two kills a match. You're just like, holy moly. Somebody pull out the jugs gun. I mean, that's one of the fastest kills ever. And to have a middle, have a setter, Who's, e- who's equally young, they're both true freshmen, connecting with her. So she's not adjusting. I mean, we've seen in years past where the, the middles have had to lower their arms and adjust, and and you don't want that because that denies them, you know, all their athleticism, ability to extend, get above the block. So great start for Andy. Can they do it against a 6-6 middle, a 6-4 middle, a 6-5 uh, right side? I mean, there's going to be, you know, our left sides are going against 6-5 Kendall Kip tonight. So this is a huge Stanford front line. This is another one of those seasons, I mean, and, and there was one a few back where you're kind of like, well, I mean, the, the, assuming everybody stays, people don't leave, there's nothing unexpected, like this group, I mean, the full group's going to be back next year, but you talk about you, Andy Jackson, you talk about Riley, they've really stood out, Harper Murray stood out, Laney Choboy stood out, these are all, goodness sakes, JB, these are all freshmen <laughs> at this point. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Game. Most people are game to game. I'm point to point. I just try to laser it right now. I'm just well, focused on getting to uh, 854. I mean, right. that's what I'm focused on right now. But uh, Tyler Hildebrand was mentioning this uh, to me that he's really excited about Nebraska. He's familiar with past teams, and he just doesn't see many weaknesses. And then they're all going to be back next year. So. Just a really exciting time. Folks, do not take it for granted. And I know we're not. I mean, 92,003, we're not taking it for granted. But this is special, and it's really, really tough to do this. And this is the golden age of Nebraska volleyball. It started in 2015. We've had other kind of mini golden ages, that's for sure. But you look at what's happened here since 2015 with four national champions. Hold everything. Two national championships, five final fours uh, in eight, now going on nine years. That's that's quite a run. There's been a lot of kind of mixing and matching here over this first, you know, first part of the season. Um, 
And then, you know, you have somebody like Allie Batenhorst, who's sort of kind of come in for a set at the end of the match. I'm looking at the stats right now. She's got she's got eight sets played out of, I think, a 22 possible so far. Yeah. Like, But she's got a good hitting percentage here at this point. She's obviously got experience. She was a huge part of that, that match at Texas, right, in the NCAA quarterfinals she back killed, a couple years ago. She killed away on her home state. That right, was awesome. Right. Like, what what do you see happening with her going going forward? Well, uh, she's going to be important because she had a great third set against Long Beach. She put up bigger numbers than Lindsay. So for the moment, those two are platooning. Yeah. And you want to choose one because you got to get into a rhythm. You got to get used to your, your setter. I mean, timing is so critical. You're so dependent on your teammates. So when you're changing personnel, it's, it gets, it affects everybody. But, uh, I don't think Lindsay yet has completely secured that spot. I mean, Allie's a phenomenal talent, six, five, put up big numbers. In set three against Long Beach, the kids love playing with her. They love playing with Lindsay. It's it's a nice problem for Coach Cook, but it's a problem because uh, it's not like 2008 where it was very clear who was playing. Yeah. And there was basically two players on the bench. Right. So players play through their struggles, and, and that gives them a little more latitude, and they can play looser. Whereas now there's a lot of competition in all positions, but that's what they sign up for. Mm-hmm. And when you come to Nebraska, that's what you can expect. Yeah. All right. Well, going to be a great match right here on KLIN. Pre-game at 7, the new extended pre-game. First serve at 8. Put on a pot of coffee at dinner time oh. tonight. Stay up a little later to listen to uh, listen to JB there. Spend the night with the Big Red. When Allie Batenhorst comes in, I'll just remind everybody, her dad grew up in Wisner. Thank you. That's your <laughs> Doesn't that give you a lot of hope? Yep. You're not going to get that from the TV broadcast. No way. Stanford Cardinals with Wisnerian parents. I can tell you that. Hey, JB. Hey, thanks so much. Been thinking a lot about you lately. Have a good call tonight. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? Thank you, Jack. There you go. John Baylor, voice of Big Red Volleyball. It's 856. Listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, good show. Good show, Caleb. Good Thanks show. very much. Good, sh- good show, Jack. Thanks to John Baylor for joining us. Thanks to Joe Jordan for us tomorrow. What chaps your hide Wednesday? More fantasy Huskers. Ed Polachek comes back. Symphony Orchestra, a new season. And John Bishop. It's 9 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln. <laughs>